Hello, and welcome to Harp Column Podcast, taking you behind the stories in Harp Column from a practical harpist's perspective. My name is Christina Finch, and I will be your guide to all things harp. Music for today's episode comes from the CD The Alchemy, recorded by harpist Gwyneth Wintink, along with George Brooks on saxophone and Kala Ramnath on violin and vocals. Episode number 47 features the newest addition to the Harp Column Academy family and longtime Harp Column friend, Atlanta-based harpist Rhett Barnwell. Longtime listeners will remember Rhett's first visit to Harp Column podcast for episode number eight. Today, he's here to discuss his newly opened Harp Column Academy studio based around sacred music. There's so much that we can learn from this sacred music master, so let's dive right into my conversation with him. I'm so excited about your new studio with Harp Column Academy. I think it's really amazing. I'm going to benefit so much from it personally. So tell me a little bit about the creation of the studio. Harp Column Academy approached me about it last year, and I was very thrilled and, and, and quite frankly honored because I know the caliber of teachers that Harp Column Academy typically has. And I thought, oh my God, why do they want me? You know, the main impetus was apparently there are a lot of people who are, you know, play in sacred situations and they hadn't really addressed that aspect yet. So since that's kind of my shtick, they asked me if I'd be willing to do it. And I said, well, yeah, of course, I'd love to. So that's how it got started. You have out, I think it's five videos currently. Mm-hmm. How many is it going to be in total? It was sort of a, a work in progress. Kim Rowe came down to Atlanta very graciously, and we uh, taped in my living room with my cats walking around behind me. And it was it was very interesting. And then, of course, the neighbors had lawn service going on at the same time, so that was a lot of fun. We kept having to stop and edit because of the leaf blowers. And <laughs> But anyway, um, I think they're going to end up being maybe 12 or so. I had a script, I had it sort of planned out. But I ended up coming up with more ideas, and and Kim certainly helped me to to come up with more things. So it's probably going to end up being 10 or 12, maybe, of them. Maybe more. There's enough material for probably 30. (laughs) I I tried to make the series as practical as possible. I've been working in church music in various capacities probably, I don't know, 35 years or so, both as an organist and as a harpist and with the other instruments I play in, in a lot of different denominations. And it's not always easy, you know, and there's so many different aspects to it. So one of the challenges with this series was to kind of narrow down to make it as practical without overwhelming people with information. And when you're playing, say, in a Catholic church, it's far more complex than a Protestant church, although both can be equally demanding. I I tried not to get to too much detail, but on the other hand, I feel like I just kind of scratched the surface too. So at least maybe... There, there's enough practical information people can take away. And at the same time, there are more things that can be learned and found out as well, so. I don't know about you, But I've walked into more than one situation with sacred music, not fully understanding my role or what's expected of me. Sometimes you get music thrown at you, and it's sink or swim. Looking around on the internet isn't always fruitful when it comes to sacred traditions, calendars, and behaviors. 
For this and so many other reasons, I find Rhett's new studio to be a welcome and highly useful addition to the Harp Column Academy offerings. I asked Rhett why he felt like this information is of such great value to our community. I think there are a couple of a couple of things going on. We're kind of living in a, I don't know what the proper term is, but some people say a post-Christian world or a post-church you know church religious world or something where, you know, things are becoming a lot more secular. Church attendance is declining, especially in the Protestant churches and churches are closing. And, you know, so some people might think, well, what's the point? However, that being said, there's still, on the other hand, uh, I would say a kind of a, a reverse trend the other way, because a lot of people, especially younger people, are kind of looking for for something, maybe not strictly an organized religion, but they're looking for something of a spiritual nature to feed, you know, themselves. And I think music certainly does that. I mean, any kind of music really can. But I think that sacred music in particular has, because of its its whole purpose, regardless of the denominational context, I mean, it can be just, we could say, spiritual music, you know still has a huge draw. The other thing, which I think is so interesting, I have come across a lot of, I would say, adult beginners who have come to the harp, you know, in midlife or later in life, which is an instrument that you can do. I mean, unlike the oboe, I don't think that's really terribly practical to start when you're 60, but it's, I, I tried, I actually, I say this out of experience because I tried to teach myself the oboe recently and it was an extremely unpleasant experience. Um, there, there is no instant gratification and my cats uh, hate me now for that. So, uh, but the harp, we all know it's not an easy instrument, but it, it simple things can be played that sound good, that don't require a huge amount of technique. So I'm seeing a lot of people who already have some church affiliation and are coming to the harp who want to use the harp in their church or, or funerals or weddings or, you know, whatever. So the, I think there's a growing demand for that. I mean, I've, I know there is. I've seen it. I don't know. I've, and, and of course, there's the whole therapeutic harp movement, which is growing. And a lot of people play sacred music there because it's familiar to older people. Funerals are never going to end, unfortunately. I mean, there's always going to, there are always going to be weddings. So there's there's a always going to be a market. I would hate to use the word market, but I mean, let's be honest. You know, there's always going to be a place for for this kind of music. This episode is brought to you by Harp Column Music, where you can find music for solo, chamber, and ensemble harp in PDF form. Feeling inspired to tackle new music for your sacred events after listening to this episode? Head over to Harp Column Music at www.harpcolumnmusic.com and look under Artists to find today's guest, Rhett Barnwell as well as numerous other composers slash arrangers that will keep your fingers busy and your gig book full. Since I had right here with me, and I'm such a fan of his arrangements and compositions, I couldn't let him go without asking a little about his process. I use your arrangements all the time. I'm currently teaching one of my adult students your arrangement of Ariana classic style right now. Oh, oh it's just... 
It's so beautiful. I play it at the Biltmore all the time. I love oh. it. So many of your arrangements I use all the time. So you are the second most prolific arranger on harp column music. I don't know if you, if you know this. Know you, are, you are behind Sherry Pack, but Sherry Pack has almost 100 arrangements on harp column music. You have 51, mm -hmm. which is very wow. admirable, sir. Can you tell me what inspires your arrangements I, i'm sure some of the arrangements that you have come out of necessity you know you you need a piece you arrange it but what about some of the original compositions that you have it comes from a lot of different sources since you mentioned the Aryan classic style and uh, years ago i heard a colleague of mine here in atlanta play that at a, i mean i know the the original piece for organ and harp which i love but i heard her play basically my i mean before i had arranged it she played just the first page played it twice and then did the cadenza and I thought, oh my gosh, hmm. So, and we became friends and we always talked about it and we always kind of kidded about, you know, playing the abbreviated version. And I play that a lot for weddings myself. So I thought, I wonder if I could get this published because I know this is committing like a terrible musical crime by, you know, leaving out all the stuff in the middle. But for practical reasons, why not? So I contacted the owner, the copyright owner, and they said, sure, why not? So I very hurriedly published it last year because I wanted to play it at a conference, which I, I did Somerset last year. So there are two reasons. One, one is practical and that I'm under a deadline to play it somewhere. And the other one is just I heard it and I wanted to, to do it. With a lot of the Bach arrangements, I love Bach and as an organist, you know, and the challenge is how do you play Bach on the lever harp? And, you know, I mean, hello, um, Bach wrote nothing for the harp, pedal lever, you know, otherwise, I mean, nothing, zero. Uh, you know, I thought, I want to make this accessible. I've gotten some commissions or, or even sort of pseudo commissions, a very good friend of mine last week email me and said, do you have an arrangement of were you there? We want to do it for Palm Sunday. And I said, mm, well, no, um, but maybe I could. <laughs> but I said, I'll do this for you. So I'm working on that. And, and you know, when is Palm Sunday? Two and a half weeks from now. And I'm like, not even halfway through it. And I thought, oh, and then they have to learn it too. I've got a lot of people who are very interested in music for harp and other instruments. And this is a big thing right now. I'm working on a collection of probably going to be 20 pieces for harp. It was going to be harp and cello. And then I thought, well, why not add other optional parts like harp and violin? You know, take the same piece and just change the solo part. So now it's going to be harp and cello, harp and violin, harp and flute, harp and clarinet, harp and viola, harp and uh, didgeridoo, harp and, you know, bagpipes and whatever. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm trying to make it practical for, for people and also, you know, for myself. So, and sometimes I just get inspired. I'm, I used to be a runner or and hiked in the woods a lot. And so I, I don't know, I would just like tunes would pop in my head and I'd run home and write them down. So some of it is just sheer inspiration off the cuff, especially the original pieces, but usually there's a purpose like the lullaby piece was for my nephew's baptism people have asked me to write things for funerals you know we talk about deadlines <laughs> Five videos up and many more on the way, it's safe to say that Rhett's addition to Harp Column Academy will be an invaluable asset to our community. If you aren't yet a member of Harp Column Academy, but are finding yourself curious after listening to this episode, then you're in luck. 
One of the first five videos in Rhett's studio is available to view without a membership at www.harpcolumnacademy.com or you can just join Harp Column Academy for only $49.95 a year. This will give you access to all of Rhett's videos along with all of the other world-class teachers featured on Harp Column Academy. Looking through Rhett's current videos, I was a little surprised to see his opening focus on dealing with nerves, a topic most of us can relate to in one way or another. To finish today's episode, I asked Rhett to share his reasons for the inclusion of this topic in his sacred music studio. One of my big crusades has been this whole thing about performance anxiety because I see it in so many people and it has affected me too. But And I don't give myself any credit for coming up with a solution. It's all been from other people. And I think I referenced a couple of them in the series, but I, I hope that will be helpful to, to people because that's that's one of the number one problems I see. But if you learn to do the relaxation techniques that I talk about, the deep breathing and, and all that, singing, I think I talked about singing on there. These will help to inform your musicality. And it's it's an amazing thing that I've learned over many years. So I hope that's helpful to people. I mean, that's my mission to help people to to enjoy playing the harp and you know to really to love it even more than they already may do so that's it for episode number 47 many thanks to rep barnwell for speaking with us today the videos discussed in today's episode can all be viewed at www.harpcolumnacademy.com. Rhett's arrangement of aria in a classic style, along with 50 other offerings, are all available for purchase at www.harpcolumnmusic.com. Music for today's episode comes from the CD The Alchemy, featuring harpist Gwyneth Winting, saxophonist George Brooks, and violinist-slash-vocalist Calla Remnath reviewed in the March-April 2019 issue of Harp Column by Allison Young. To learn more about Harp Column, please visit www.harpcolumn.com and subscribe today to gain access to current and past issues, as well as a lot of great web content. My name is Dr. Christina Finch, and we at Harp Column hope that you have a spectacular week. <laughs> <laughs>